0: Hello, everyone. In this episode of the Better Product Solutions podcast, I bring you Lou Broussard from Kerbel Plastics, official title, Senior Product Specialist, Films and Tapes, and great podcast if you're interested in all things light management in terms of light management film. Lou goes over uh, the explanation of light management film. We talk about markets, applications. He defines light diffusion. We talk about the technology behind, behind light diffusion and we touch on specification and selection of LM films to incorporate into new product design. So uh, without further ado, I bring you the podcast, enjoy. Thanks. Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Better Product Solutions Podcast. I'm Steve Davis from TapeCon, your host. And uh, thanks for joining us again. Really happy to have Lou Brassard. I'm going to say his official title and then Lou's going to get a chance to introduce himself here in a little bit, but senior product specialist films and tapes. He's at Kerbel. And it's funny we were, before, before we hit the record button, we were talking about fun facts or icebreakery type questions and I've known Lou for a while and he just shared something about himself that was not known to me. So Lou, Lou I'll let you kind of Talk about um, your 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 side your side passion here real quick, and then we'll get into like formal work intros.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, so yeah, fun fact: I've been a um, quote-unquote politician, and you know sometimes that can have a negative connotation attached to it. But I've been involved in city politics in the city that I live for uh, going on 13 years now. I've uh, I've run for in one, three elections, and I've actually got another one coming up here on November 2nd. So I'm um, looking to be our president of city council for the city that I live in.
0: Nice. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. Of course, you know, uh, your city is just a short drive away uh, from our headquarters here in Buffalo. And um, obviously, you know, you work for Kerbel, which is... Um, owned and operated here in Buffalo. So you want to start off, I guess, in terms of you know your professional life, your 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 other your other life on the professional side of things and uh, and your role at Kerbel?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah my day job, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got over 25 years combined of plastic distribution and converting experience. Uh I've spent the past four years with Kerbell, as you mentioned, as the senior product specialist with a focus on films and tapes. Uh, and, you know, I like to joke that, you know, the senior part of my title just means that I've earned every one of these gray hairs on that uh, chin hair there. So, um, you know, my role at Kerbell kind of affords me the best of both worlds. Uh, I am responsible for uh, the films, growing the films business within the eastern half of the U.S., uh, there's a uh, West Coast version of me as well. Uh, and I'm also, but I'm also, uh, the, the fun part is that I'm also responsible for educating and bringing product awareness to within the Krebell Plastics Organization. So I work with all of the inside and outside uh, staff members at uh, all of our 21 locations. Uh, and as you mentioned, Kerbell is is based in Buffalo. I personally am based in Cleveland, Ohio, but um, the vast majority of my family are from Buffalo. So it's like a second
0: home to me. Yeah, that's always nice when you when you drive back to meet, to go to the mothership and you've got family <laughs> close by too. And you know, obviously known Kerbell for a while and great company locally. Uh, they're active on the sustainability side. They're really active in a Western New York sustainability round table because we were founding members with them and just you know all the philanthropy that they do so yeah a lot of respect for for the Kerbel company the family ownership here locally it's all good it's all good stuff so i'm glad to have glad to glad to hear that intro and um you know obviously we're going to talk about light management film excited to hear more about i guess the the details of that technology and share that because at the end of the day you know some of the um product engineers or technically oriented people that are looking to you know, either improve an existing design or launch something kind of unique. Um, probably you are going to be pretty interested to hear about this technology and how it's being deployed. So, segue into that a little bit. Um, you know, what what is light management film? You know, what uh, oh in Kerbel's kind of history in this in this technology? How would you kind of define light management film?
1: Sure. Uh, let me first start by just kind of giving you the the genesis of of how Kerbel made this commitment to uh, light management films. So, you know, they're manufactured by Covestro Films, which is a lot of people formerly known, know them as Bayer. And um, so we're committed to making these films commercially available by investing heavily in the stocking and converting of these materials because um, not, not all of the uh, distributors are have made that same commitment as we have. So, uh, you know, what is light management film? Um, at, we call them LM films, uh, you know, this industry has a lot of acronyms and uh, light management films is is um, the same. So, you know, they're an embossed polycarbonate film that are formulated with, uh, and I'm kind of dumbing it down, I apologize, but they're they're embossed, they're formulated with a light scattering agent added during the extrusion process. And, um, so these materials act as high performance LED light diffusers that create kind of a smooth and homogeneous illumination on the front sides of backlit parts. that makes sense?
0: Yeah, it does, and especially when we when I think it's going to drive it home when we get into i which is really my next question is really really driving driving down the application verticals that these are really kind of, I I mean, I I know there's a mature, there's some mature markets for it, but also some potentially emerging markets, but can you, can you speak to some of those markets and applications? And then I think the people listening to this will be like, okay, yeah, I, I see that in my daily life. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Certainly. So, you know, as far as markets go, I just want to kind of throw a stat out there. So, you know, five years ago, um, fluorescent, and incandescent lighting were pretty standard products, but not so much anymore. Uh, You know, the market, the lighting market has swiftly moved to LED. And who knows, five years from now, it it might be 99% of the market. So some of the markets and applications today for LM films are include, but certainly not limited to automotive uh, lighting and fast food. And I can give you kind of an example of each uh, with automotive, uh, many instrument panels and clusters um, are, are made with LM films and uh, the same with blind spot detection systems. So your side view blind spot detection systems utilize uh, an LM film component to it. Um, and when you talk about lighting, uh, really it just, you boil it down to simplest terms, commercial light fixtures, right? So um, And then uh, I threw in here um, fast food. So a lot of the fast food uh, retail chains have backlit menu boards that have uh, graphical overlays on top of them. So it's kind of the same thing. They're utilizing, some of them are utilizing LM films and we'll kind of get into the why uh, in the next two questions.
0: Yeah, well, I was, you know, I, I've been finally got a chance to go on some road trips and and stopped at, you know, some of these highway, you know, stops and there was a McDonald's and of course, no one's taking orders at the cash register anymore. I was I just, I don't know if I just don't get out enough and I haven't seen this really coming to that level, but those backlit menu boards, I'm seeing them everywhere. And so I don't know whether or not you have, um, whether those LM films, I guess that's kind of a side question is. Are those also in those touchscreen-type backlit menu boards? Because there's the backlit menu board that you're looking at kind of from afar, then you're going to walk up to the counter and place an order, versus the backlit menu board where you're actually self-serve, placing the order, getting your ticket number, and then food's ready. You know, no close contact with the cashier and just grab your food and go. Is that similar applications? And I have to imagine there's a lot of growth in that space because of the um, COVID and automation With as there's a labor shortage on some of these service jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah, you hit it on the head, and I'm glad that you, you pointed out the difference between the two menu boards for clarification purposes. So so not so much the one that you're you're standing and, and looking up at behind the uh, counter where you're being served by an actual body. Um, this would be the self-serve ones, you know, the, the automated ones. Um, and I, I really don't know that uh, the, the larger menu boards that are up top, I don't know that those will ever need to go to an LM film type film, but never say never, right?
0: Yeah, so it's really kind of where, you know, where it's where it needs to be easy on the eyes and that, I'll say closer interaction, just like the blind spot detection, you know, that's right there. And it's eliminating distraction, Particular, uh, you know, I originally thought that the application was more of for the driver, you know, who is driving the car to be able to see the blind spot detection. but um, it seems like the value proposition is really to the oncoming driver who's kind of passing you, right? So they aren't distracted as they're driving, distracted at your blind spot detection. but i right. Is that right or maybe they're both benefiting?
1: I, I think uh, they're both benefiting, absolutely. you know, and at the end of the day, you know it's meant to keep both drivers safe, and I think it achieves both. so yeah, I think it it definitely benefits both.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like in the uh, the distraction mitigation business you know this light mitigation film it seems it seems right. that's what it's doing it's deadening deadening um something that you don't want as profound right and you can do it at variety of scale yeah um so light diffusion are we on that question in terms of markets and applications is there anything else on markets and applications before we really start getting into defining i guess light diffusion and getting into some of the some of the technology behind it
1: yeah you know i think steve uh at the end of this we're gonna uh kind of run through a really quick PowerPoint that'll get back into the application specific part of it. But I think for now, I think we've got a good overview there and, and maybe we should just jump right into, you know, what is the definition of light diffusion? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, I kind of light diffusion or diffuse light, uh, can simply be defined as using a material or substrate that scatters light in some manner. In order to transmit a softer light so that's kind of my my simple definition um if you wanted to get into more of a a deeper definition it can be described as light that is scattered which causes it to fall on the crop from all sides which then leaves it evenly distributed and without sharp shadows so you know i i like the simple version easier but Yeah, I wonder
0: who came up with that definition. Is that your marketing literature, (laughs) Kirk Bell, or some some scientist with a PhD came up with that one? I'm not really sure, but
1: yeah, I I think it's probably the latter.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, you know, but it matters. At the end of the day, I mean, you're selling, you know, you're selling a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of end use applications for it, and so um, you know, what does it mean to the application? I mean, it obviously matters. Uh, Some product engineer and and or or at least on the marketing side of this thing, the consumer side um Prefers it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I want to circle back too. You may have inadvertently invented a new catchphrase when you said distraction mitigation. So there you go. I would start copywriting. Copyright,
0: that. yeah. Put a little. I guess that would be a trademark first. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah. yeah no, put me sure. on it. That sounds good. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, what I think that's really what it is. You know?
1: Yeah. Right. No one wants
0: yeah. to be kind of blinded by the light. I guess.
1: Yeah. Ooh, Good. Yeah. i'm
0: gonna um is there anything else on uh, the light diffusion to the application that you that we that is worth talking about?
1: yeah, I, I think so. So um you know one application um, where you can incorporate light management films into uh, a formerly traditional process would be graphic overlays. So you know let's talk about menu boards or or just graphic overlays. These are traditionally screen printed. And by using LM films, you eliminate the need to flood coat the surface before applying your final graphics. So obviously this saves on labor costs and expensive inks when you're not flood coating, uh, as the material itself diffuses and hides those hot spots that are created many times by the LED light source. Mm -hmm. Um, Then maybe a second application is going back to the blind spot detection system uh, used in side view mirrors of cars. So since polycarbonate films are lightweight and thin, in this case, it's an economic alternative to thicker plastic sheets that also might diffuse, um, but this is a better option in that application.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the overlay application with the screen print obviously resonates with me because that's, that's part of our core capability. Of course, you know, so Kerbel being a supplier to TapeCon, being able to die cut these films or print on these films um, is all kind of the additional value add that, you know, for for the end use application. But, you know, yeah, a lot of other, uh, we of course, we, we make graphic overlays and a lot of times we have to back that up with an opaque white. Sometimes we do an opaque white, a black, an opaque white, but all of it's about trying to. You know trains change the transmission density through the layers, and obviously uh, you could do it with the material itself too. so I completely respect that comment too so yeah it has it has more function on the cost saving sides, not on the cost saving side of the of the manufacturability. so I'm glad you made that point. sure <clears throat> I'm gonna um what else do we have anything else on that?
1: Uh, well, really just um, I think we wanted to real quick before go into that PowerPoint kind of Uh, educate any listeners or viewers on how to properly select, you know, light diffusion solutions and specifications when somebody might be developing a new project or product. So, um, you know, light management films are available in three grades. Uh, You can almost view these as, um, I wanted to say good, better, best, but I really think it's great, better, best. Um, So Uh, They're available in three grades, which are LM309, LM905, and LM228. The thickness ranges run from 12 to 20 mil, with 12 mil being the uh, far and away the most common thickness that is available uh, in the material line. And they they start out in master rolls that are manufactured in 48-inch wide uh, web widths but then from there we can slit and or sheet them down to your processing requirements. Um, And so, you know, just kind of using lighting manufacturers uh, that we talked about previously as an example, you know, they can can achieve a desired effect by specifying a particular film grade that has the best balance of hotspot hiding power, i.e. diffusion, and light transmitting capability, i.e. transmission, uh, when placed at a given distance from the LED lamps within a fixture. I know that was kind of a mouthful, but um, hopefully I painted a good picture there.
0: Yeah, I mean, any engineer is gonna want, you know, technical, spec- technical specifications, uh, samples. Can you speak to maybe, hey, you know, I need a few samples, I want I wanna put these into a prototype. Can you speak to how, what, what how you get availability for prototype samples or any other kind of uh, technical specifications behind the performance for an engineer?
1: Sure, yeah, so we have uh, data sheets ready to send out, uh, and then we also have hand samples, which are typically eight inch by 10 inch, and those are pre-cut and ready to go, and those will usually go out same day upon request. If you need a larger sample for processing, we can probably accommodate that, but it's it's typically based on our current lead times for converting. So on average, if you need something larger than an eight inch by ten inch, you can probably we can probably get it to you in three to five business days. So um, I guess quick is is the short answer. Yeah.
0: In today's supply chain disruption, those are those are great time frames. You know?
1: Agreed. I totally agree.
0: Okay, I'm gonna tee this up. So hopefully this shows up too. This is the first time we're sh- that I've ever put a presentation on the podcast. So the, for those listening, sorry, you have to be you have to be on our YouTube channel to actually see the content. So you'll you just get in the audio if you're listening. But if that worked right, uh, got it kind of teed up here for uh, Lou. So I'd say just kind of I'll drive. And if there's anything specific here, uh, Lou, that you want me to take a stop at or tell me to advance and keep going, this is good sure. stuff.
1: Yeah, I sure will. So, and, and I'll be quick. You know, that this is really more of a, a summary piece. This this eight to ten slide PowerPoint, just kind of reviewing what we've already talked about. You know, LED. There's there's plenty of advantages for using an LED light source. They're bright, reliable, super energy efficient, and low heat. And about the only limitation to them is that they create these these uh, LED hotspots. So, next slide, please. There you go. All right, so um, you know that that results in poor diffusion. Um, I'm sorry, standard embossed polycarbonate film, non-LM films. Um, you know, unless you're flood coating them, they're not going to be a good option because they they don't do a good job of diffusing those hot spots, uh, and in some cases they have rather poor light transmission, and then um, requires that extra printing steps that we've ma- uh, already talked about. Yeah so uh introducing um LM films. So uh, again during the extrusion process they introduce these transparent light light particles, uh and then when you combine that with the embossed second surface, it provides more diffusing light through foot throughput on your LED lamp, saving you money and improving aesthetics because it scatters those LED hotspots.
0: Well, that's a key point, right? I mean, you're talking about reducing cost in the design, especially someone doing a, a luminaire. You're talking less the need for less light because the film is actually, I'll say, maximizing the energy uh, that's in front of it and not having to throw more LED lamps at it. Is that just kind of reflecting that back? But
1: yeah, absolutely, bingo. All right, so the, this is I I really like this this graphic here because again, the the first three um, slides on beginning on the left and moving to the right. Those are your standard polycarbonate film offerings. You've got uh, DE14, uh, DE62, and DE72. And so that's what the LED looks like at a depth of one to three inches placed behind it. So then moving on, uh, again, I, I mentioned earlier, it's great, better, best. So starting with LM309 and moving up to LM228 those hotspots virtually disappear and again this is looking at the films uh, before they have graphics applied to them so once you have graphics applied to them you're not going to see any of those clusters of of hotspots on the lm films here
0: yeah it's also a good point too that you know when you work with the printer you could probably um, use the graphic design itself to even reduce some of that remaining residual, you know, just kind of take it even further out of the picture through printing over what you would normally see of a hotspot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and also want to point out that, you know, if you look at LM905 in a 20 mil, and then immediately to the right of it, you've got LM228 in a 12 mil, they're, they're virtually the same hiding and diffusing power. So in some cases, you can actually down gauge from the 20 mil LM905 to the 12 mil LM228 and achieve the same result.
0: Well, that'll keep your die cost down because I'm assuming we'd be looking at some type of um, steel rule or laser cut process, but on the steel rule die cut process, cutting 12 mil is going to be a heck of a lot easier.
1: Yeah, agreed. Okay. And then, you know, this just kind of talks about the the commercial lighting aspect of it. Uh, LM Films can be easily cold-formed or uh, bent or wrapped to achieve just about any shape that you might need. Um, the, the image on the left, you're seeing an actual uh, lighting fixture where the material is simply just wrapped in there and then uh, mechanically fastened. And then uh, the image on the right just kind of shows you how you can bend it, cold-bend it, to achieve just about any geometric shape that you might need. Uh, and then, um, so th- this, this um, slide here just kind of talks about the automotive standard of FMVSS 302. Essentially, that is the um, automotive standard that is required for any material that is going to be on the inside passenger compartment of a vehicle. So it passes that, um, that standard. And um Hence, that's why it's used primarily in uh, instrument panel clusters. Yep. So uh, just just a quick review. You know, why why use LM Films, superior light transmission and diffusion, available in three different grades with uh, a range of optical properties associated. Um, And just as important, it allows for outstanding printed graphics, final graphics. Uh, And this is just a a little bit of an overview of Kerbel. You know, we've been around for 78 plus years, Uh, currently 21 stocking locations nationwide from coast to coast. And uh, just an overview of our uh, in-house capabilities, which includes uh, sheeting, slitting, saw cutting and guillotining. Look at that. And yeah, that's my favorite slide right there. Yeah,
0: (laughs) who's that young guy in the picture? (laughs)
1: that's my uh, my glamour shot yeah
0: no that's good and thanks for uh thanks for trailblazing the uh powerpoint feature on the podcast because that's definitely never been done before so that's pretty cool so i appreciate that and 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 you know I, i really appreciate you having having you on the podcast great topic um cool stuff i mean you get inside a car and you don't really realize how all the thought that goes behind uh the design and the management of light and all the benefits to the consumer, but also obviously the designer trying to cut cost out and things like that. So appreciate that. Do you have any final, I guess parting words or anything you want to kind of impart on the audience before we kind of wrap it up?
1: Uh, No, just that I would make myself available, whether it be to designers, engineers, purchasing agents, COOs, CEO, it doesn't matter. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm readily available. I cover the entire Eastern part of the U S. Uh, so I travel quite frequently and, um, you know, just, just don't hesitate to reach out. We can do a Zoom meeting if, if somebody's not quite ready for an in-person meeting, uh, but also take advantage of my offer of uh, free, no-charge samples.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when, in the show notes, you know, we'll whenever we get this out, we'll obviously get your contact information there also. So, so Lou, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. And uh, for those listening, hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time. So signing off. And thanks, everyone. And thank you, Lou. My pleasure. The Better Products Podcast is about educating product teams about new materials and new technologies, all in the custom material converting and printed electronic space to help them design and build better products. So in this podcast, I'm hoping to get wide-ranging conversations with various people throughout the industry and just bring a lot of good content to the table. So if you're interested in learning more about the industry, materials, processes, how to improve uh, products if you're on a product team, or just general know-how of what the heck is going on in this industry, then subscribe to the podcast and get ready for some more really good episodes as I bring in some great guests. Thanks.